Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Uh, Today, we're going to be doing another how to read your Bible demonstration. Now, I can't think of a better way to teach people other than by actually demonstrating. And one of the things that I feel um, is uh, super sad is as believers, a lot of times we don't know how to read scripture because we are constantly having scripture read to us or we're being given the interpretation of scripture through a Bible study, a commentator, a pastor, a preacher, a Sunday school teacher, whatever it is. Now, I'm not saying those things are bad, but what I am saying is if we never learn how to just sit in the presence of the Holy Spirit, allow the Holy Spirit to begin to ask us questions, reveal things to us through the scriptures that are personal and that are intimate, then we're missing out. So the purpose of these videos is really to teach by demonstration. I will just show you how I interact with the scriptures as I'm reading through a passage of scripture. Um, I will go in and out of prayer. I'm gonna pretend like you're not here actually, other than times when I say, hey, this is what I'm hearing, this is what I'm seeing. Um, and really just try to encourage you um, to begin to read scriptures, trust the Holy Spirit to be your teacher, be your guide, to be the revelation that you need to hear what is God saying to me for today through these passages of scripture and how is a scripture life to me. Now today we're gonna be going through Genesis chapter 16. So I've gone through a couple of passages in the New Testament and now I'm going into the Old Testament. So I'm just gonna read through the passage and I'm gonna pretend like you're not here. The first thing I'm gonna do is I ask the Holy Spirit to just give me eyes that are illuminated, uh, give me the ability to see. Holy Spirit, would you just reveal things into this passage? Would you make it relevant to my life that I'm not just reading words, I'm not just hearing a story, but God, I'm hearing you speak to me personally. So that's always the first thing I do is I really make sure I recognize that I'm not just reading a book, that I'm sitting in the presence of God and he's actually having a conversation with me as I'm reading the word. It says, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. Now this is right after the heels where God has made this promise um, to Abram and Sarah that he would bear a son. Of course, there was the laughter, they're old, uh, her womb is dried up. Um, And so they're waiting on this promise. And after a long time, when the promise doesn't come about, um, they begin to take um, matters in their own hands. It says, so Sarah said to Abram, see now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded her voice, the voice of Sarah. Okay, so let me pause here and just talk about this voice. Uh, Now, this is where I'm going to stop and be like, okay, God, there are so many voices that come into play after you've given me a promise, and I want to heed to your voice. God, there are promises that you've given to me, and I don't see the fruition of that promise. And there are other voices that will come in and say, here's how you can manifest the promise on your own strength, out of your own intellect, out of your own reasons, how you can birth an Ishmael while you're waiting on your Isaac. And so, God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would make me in tuned to your voice. God, I know you do speak through people. And so give me wisdom and give me discernment. God, as I'm looking at Abram, I think to myself, well, I might have likely thought Abram was uh, absolutely correct and that Sarah was giving him the solution of how to bring forth the promise of God instead of waiting on the right thing. And so God, I pray that you would give me wisdom. 
God, that I would wait on you and that I would not rush you. God, that I would become hasty and I would become urged, God, in trying to force your promises, but I would wait for the real thing. Verse three, okay, so I'm showing you how I'm interacting with God now and the things that God is saying to me even as I'm reading scripture. Then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her own eyes. Then Sarai said to Abram, My wrong be upon you. I gave you my maid into your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her own eyes. The Lord judge, judge between you and me. So Abram and Sarah, Sarai indeed said to Sarah, Indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And so Sarah dealt with her harshly, and she fled from her presence, meaning Hagar fled from her presence. Okay, so now we have this conflict, this internal tension that comes into the house, um, all because uh, they were unwilling to wait. And so I, I think about the tension and the strife, strife and the contention and a lot of times the conflict that comes into my life because I'm forcing things. Come on, let's think about like business relationships, um, relationships that you enter into that you were not supposed to enter into in order to force the work of God in your life. And all it does is bring around, bring about tension and conflict um, and just unhealthy connections, toxicity in your environment. So again, we're learning from scripture that God is really teaching us a lot about how to really hear from him through the word. So this isn't just a story about Abraham, Abram and Sarah and Hagar. We're learning things about God, about relationships. So there was tension between them. Sarah sends her out and she gets cast out into the wilderness. And in that place in verse 7, it says, Then now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on her way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where, are you, where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit under her hand. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, this is a fascinating passage. And, and let me pause here because we hear God saying, look, I'm not wanting to change your circumstance. This is a circumstance that really has been birthed and has been brought about by all of you. But if you, if you allow me to, I will change your perspective of the circumstance. So it's interesting to me that in some regard, this is a very hostile environment. Hagar has been uh, used, she's been abused, she hasn't been asked how she feels about the scenario, and when she's done everything she was told to do, she's now hated and mistreated and is cast out into the wilderness, and the first thing God does is he says, you're going to go back into this environment. Now, this doesn't seem to make any sense to me, but from a natural circumstance, in reality, there have been so many times and so many um, places and spaces in my life that God says, look, I'm not going to change your situation. I want you to learn how to abide in this situation and how to walk in peace, how to be confident in that space, how to be authoritative even in what might be an unhealthy environment. Now, hear me when I'm saying, I'm not saying that any way that God would say that we should say in some sort of physically abusive circumstance. But let's be honest, sometimes we're in a workplace that isn't lovely to work in or we're around people that we're forced to work with and they're less than lovely to work with. 
and we beg for God to take us out of that circumstance and we hear God say, look, there are things that I am teaching you and places that I'm going to bless you in the midst of your circumstance. And this is what he's doing with Hagar. But it's so beautiful that in this, in this passage where it says an angel of the Lord found her, the angel of the Lord is in this, in this air, in this context, it is in the Hebrew, the Malach Yahweh. Um, so there are lots of places in scripture where um, an angel visits visits somebody or um, uh, the spirit falls upon somebody. But there are a few places where it says the angel of the Lord. Um, and in the Hebrew, again, it's the Malach Yahweh. And that is believed to be a theophany, which is, is basically a pre-incarnate Christ who actually visits the person personally. So there, she's having an encounter. She's in the middle of a desert and she is found there. God injects himself with a theophany. The angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Christ, injects himself into her circumstance, meets her right in her wilderness as she's crying out and begins to speak to her and begins to then speak blessings over her. Now, usually when the Malak Yahweh shows up, um, so he shows up uh, with Moses, he shows up with Jacob, he shows up with Gideon. Um, there are places in scripture where it's the angel of the Lord shows up. Most of the time in those places, there's really one purpose that the angel of the Lord is showing up, and that is to speak that person's identity and their purpose over them, or to remind them of their identity and their purpose. So here we have Hagar, who's an Egyptian. She is not worthy of the Israelite blessing. She's not considered of the nation of God. She is not a part of Abraham's seed or Abraham's family. But God shows up and he injects himself in here and he begins to speak a blessing over her. And he says, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted uh, for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said this, Behold, you are with child, and you shall bear a son. And you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard your affliction. So many things. God, listen, I'm just going to pray. God, I thank you that you hear my affliction. God, that you find me when I'm sitting in a wilderness. That you find me when I'm sitting in a deserted space or a deserted place. God, when I feel like I've been mistreated, when I really have been mistreated. I thank you, God, that I can trust that your presence is with me. And God, that even in that place, God, you have an identity. You have a purpose. You have a plan. You have a path for me. So God, I just receive, God, your presence in my life. God, not just on the mountaintops, but also in the valley, not just in the waters, but also in the dryness. In Jesus' name, come on. I thank you, Lord, that you hear my affliction. God, that you impregnate me with work and blessings and a multitude. Come on, he's speaking about an impregnated that he says, and, and she really was naturally filled with a child. But you need to know in scripture, anytime we see somebody being filled um, with a child, it is the idea biblically and spiritually of the idea of birthing a work. You understand that nobody can bring forth life except for God. So when we see life being birthed in the womb of somebody, of a woman in the scriptures, we can receive that as God speaks to us that I'm going to put a work inside your womb, that I'm going to birth a thing that is not of your own flesh, but I'm going to birth a thing through your flesh 
but it's something only I can birth. Come on, now somebody's getting a word right now, even as you're watching this, that you're beginning to go, gosh, yes, I feel like God has told me I'm gonna birth something, but at the same time, I feel like I'm sitting in a wilderness and I'm sitting in a desert. And that actually might be true, but have no doubt that God is with you in the wilderness and he is more interested in empowering you, encouraging you, equipping you right where you're at in your wilderness than he is taking you out of your wilderness because God is always more interested in your heart than he is your circumstance. So we receive the impregnating uh, power of the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that if you are with us in the wilderness, you are the living water, God. We can be in a circumstantial dryness, but you, if you are with me, God, I am filled, God, with the fullness of your uh, flourishing water and your nutrition and, and your fullness, God. I thank you, Lord. And so we're, look at how I'm just interacting with scriptures. I'm doing more than just reading a story. I'm really learning about who God is and I'm learning about who I am. If you can, every time you're reading scripture, ask yourself, what do I learn about God and what do I learn about me? And when we're saying learning about me, there's something I can learn about my flesh, but there's also more importantly, something I'm learning about my potential. So we're learning about the flesh here that our inclination is to hustle, is to hasten God, is to uh, bring forth the work of God with our own intellect and our own reasoning, with our own ways. We're learning that from Abram and Sarah, that our, that our tendency is to be impatient when we're waiting on God. And then we get angry and we get bitter at things that, that are not of God. Come on, some of us have birthed a business out of our own flesh and we're angry at that business because it's sucking all of our time. It's beginning to, uh, to pull from our resources and pull from our energies and we're angry and we're bitter. Some of us are in a relationship we shouldn't be in because you think, you know God has said that you're going to get married and so you're in this relationship and it's hard and you're getting angry and you're getting bitter with this person. These are great examples. These, these are great telltales. When you're feeling angry, when you're feeling bitter, when you're feeling contention, a lot of times it's because you have birthed something in your life out of time and out of your own flesh. Meaning out of time, meaning you didn't wait on God. You birthed it out of your own flesh and you did not wait for God to bring you the real deal. This is all in this passage of scripture. All of these things that we're learning about the inclination of man, the, incline, the, the natural, uh, the character of God, and also the possibilities of man. So God is saying, Hagar, you're not an Egyptian. You're not worthy of mistreatment. You're not barren. You're not forgotten. You're not alone, but I see you. And what the world has said is not worthy of blessing. I am going to bless. Come on, somebody receive that. What the world has said is not worthy of blessing. Some of you have been told your whole life that you're not worth the inheritance of your family, that you're the black sheep of the family. But God says, I see you and I call you my own and I have a blessing for you as well. It goes on and it says, then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she said, have I also here seen him who first saw me? Now I love this passage here because really she's saying, this isn't about me seeing you, God. This is about you seeing me. And I am just now seeing you, but you've been seeing me all along. I know that sounds like a riddle, but again, I'm going to pray into that. And I just thank you, Lord, that even when I'm not paying attention to you, you're paying attention to me. God, that even if I were not to be looking at you, you're still looking at me. God, even when you're not the center of my life, 
You say, I'm still the center of your life. When I say, you're not the apple of my eye, God, you say, I'm still the apple of your eye. So, Father, I thank you that long before I knew your name, you knew my name. Long before I saw you, you saw me. And, God, even when I try to not see you, come on. Some of us try to not see God. Some of us are avoiding God. Some of us are trying to get away and escape from what he's asking us to do. But God says, it's okay, I still see you. There's nothing you can do that will cause my eye to turn from you. This is what the Psalm 139 says, even if you were to settle in the depths of hell, even there God would find you. That he would turn your darkness into light because you can't escape his presence. And so God, I thank you that even when we don't aren't aware of your presence, um, God, that you're aware of my presence. And so these are all things that I'm just really now beginning to just interact with God. I'm just really beginning to just um, have a conversation, have a dialogue with him. So I'm not just reading scripture for stories. I'm reading scripture to get to know God. I want to be intimate with him. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal things to me. So it says, therefore, the well was called Ber Lahai Roi. Observe it. Observe. It is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. And it goes on and says, Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. And so this is where I might stop and just say, God, I thank you for the truth that's in your word. I thank you, Lord, that you see me. I thank you, Lord, that I cannot escape your eye. I just receive the sight of the kingdom. I, I receive the observation of the kingdom. God, that you're always watching me, that you're always finding me. And God, your desire is to speak blessings over me. Your word says that it delights the Father to bless his children. And so, God, I receive the blessing. God, Hagar, the Egyptian slave, God was was blessed father by you and so god i thank you lord that you have blessed me that you have found me um adequate god because of the blood of your son jesus christ i just receive father the truth of your presence i receive the truth of your look that says you love me i receive your love for me right now in jesus name all right, you guys, this is just an example, again, Genesis 16, of how to read the Bible and really begin to have an interaction, conversation, a dialogue with God. Okay, so let's review real quick when you're reading scripture. I want you to think about what am I learning about who God is, what am I learning about the natural inclination of man, and what am I learning about God, my possibilities in Christ. My possibilities are to walk in the blessings of the Lord. My possibilities are to be aware of the presence of God, to find contentment, to find peace in, of God, the peace of God, even in the midst of a desert, even in the midst of wilderness, even in the midst of mistreatment. So I speak to you right now in Jesus' name. Those of you who are in a season of wilderness, those of you who are in a hostile environment, those of you who feel like you're being mistreated or really are being mistreated, I speak to you that God's presence is upon you, his eye is seeing you, and that there is a peace that overrides your circumstance. I speak the patience and the fruit, the fruit of long suffering and patience over you, that you will be content to wait on the timing of the Lord to bring forth the promises that he says he is going to birth out of you. And I just speak all this over you in the name of Jesus Christ. All right, you guys, that sums it up today. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com.
Thanks for listening.